Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It's time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. We are off and running with the session at our new time. And however you have found us tonight, whether it's on air, online, or on the podcast network at risefmohio.com, thank you for spending a few minutes with us tonight. We're going to break down the differences between introverts and extroverts tonight. And I'm going to hit you with our first uh, rabbit trail. Already. One, One quick rabbit hole after we jump into God's Word, Tom. Well, and let's do that, Scott. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes... For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And what's interesting about that workmanship, we weren't all created the same. Praise the Lord. Some of us were built with different textures, yeah, different <laughs> moods, different emotions. Some right. of us were built from different planets. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's important to remember. <laughs> All right, here's your rabbit hole. Okay. I just thought about this while we were praying before I hit record. We're going to be talking about introverts and extroverts. Is there a middle vert? Yeah. <laughs> a, a culmination of both. Yeah, some kind of a middle ground. Right. Well, in, in maybe this is a place what we want to say in marriage, I think that our God oftentimes pairs us or when we seek him and his will for our lives and this mate just seems to be the right one well god did that and oftentimes it's a great complementary trait for the extrovert they may marry an introvert and an introvert might marry an extrovert so it's kind of the opposites attract kind of thing when we talk about complementary traits what a complementary trait in marriage is that your spouse may have a strength where you have a weakness. So for the introvert, they're not much for socializing. And you know what, if if something has to happen on a social basis, well, they're gonna push for the extrovert to get the job done. And they're like, that's fine, that's great. (laughs) No problem. Right, And, and so sometimes the extrovert, when they have to have a break, it's really good that they can come to their introverted spouse and feel some comfort there. So maybe there is a combination. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. All right, so we'll just call them a middle vert. A middle vert. <laughs> I'm sure we could say other things. <laughs> we to... could say other things. We will not. Uh, not on the air. <laughs> not on the air. All right, so we've already kind of dove into this, Tom, but let's go ahead and define, first of all, what an introvert is. So an introvert are quiet people who tend to retreat to places where they are by themselves, and that's when they successfully get recharged. So they want to retreat. They would be the the type if their extroverted spouse said, we're going to go to that party, and they're there for 15 minutes, and all of a sudden they're starting to panic. 
you, they might head toward the bathroom. They might head toward a, a couch. You might see them. They're capable of sitting by themselves because they're recharging. And all that commotion and all that socializing could send them into a tailspin. That is my wife. That is your wife. Sherry is, yes, very much so, especially since her eye surgeries and her eye issues over the last few years. Okay. She just, she retreats. Uh You want to go do that? You go do that. I'll be over here. All right. So how do we define an extrovert? So, Scott, those are people who want to be around groups of people. They get energized just by being in a group of people. Yeah. And they get pumped up. And to a degree, since I'm an extrovert, I have an idea what that feels like. There's several things. One... (laughs) Can you say that on air now? I, Keep I in can't. mind, Kathy will need time for rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about an osin and a tosin for oh, you. Oh, you're not going to hit me with that already, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the adrenaline starts to flow. Um, the cortisol starts to flow. The dopamine starts to flow. And there's a sense and a feeling of acceptance and approval that are all really good for the extrovert. Well, the introvert may not be prioritizing those things, and and they're just trying to recover over on the couch by themselves. They got through the door and the meeting, everybody. Now they need to stop for a minute. It's right. So the introvert's kind of capable of coming in and out of a social situation. They just can't stay fully engaged in it for the whole time. No. At some points, they do feel better about relaxing and stepping back. You can't get over sensory reloaded in a way that, yeah, it, it can be almost irritating. And that can be true, special needs folks in particular. I noticed with my granddaughter, if we're in a very big, loud, bright, wah kind of thing, she just absolutely wants to bury herself somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah, she she just wants to hide. And I, I just, I've always just written it off to, well, that's what her, the way the Downs got her. Mm-hmm. You know, between her with her, some of her other issues, she's just not a social. Where I've seen other kids who are downs that are out there and they're just a party waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, so they she, are she got, times. I'm guessing she got the double whammy introvert from her grandmother and grandfather, and right. the downs on top of it, and she just she's perfectly mm. content to sit upstairs. And I have found now that my hearing has gone south, even with my hearing aids, there are some restaurants that I really cannot hang very long i'm with you some of these really uh nice old remodeled restaurants that maybe came out of the 60s or 70s and the acoustics in them are horrible and the sound is bouncing around you know i can only take that so much and i'm like right and i'm an extrovert but i gotta get out of there (laughs) yeah it's like everything is just a yeah you've got to really focus to hear somebody across the table from you. That's right. Yeah. So what are some of the traits of these extroverts, Tom? We've already talked about them a little bit. Well, extroverts get their energy, as we said, from around other people. A day alone can leave them tired, moody, and and uncooperative, (laughs) Scott. So extroverts outnumber introverts three to one. That's interesting. Well, no wonder there's so many parties going on. Well, that's true. They are more motivated, and it's much easier for them. Because they are fueled by connecting with other people. So in general, an extroverted child will have lots of friends, be easy to talk to, and have lots of energy, and be quick to tell you what they're thinking and feeling. (laughs) I can see that having its ups and downs. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. When I think about my children... Let's say, where did the apple fall from the tree there? David is definitely an extrovert. Jason, he's probably more introverted 
Mandy is probably more introverted and Dean is probably an extrovert. You know, their mom may have a total different view of that. I'm not sure. But in each case, it's kind of confusing. The reason why it's a little confusing is there are times when Mandy can get really wound up. Jason can. Kathy is an introvert, but if she's in a safe group like family, she can get wound up too, which is really cool. And uh-huh. that's kind of like Jason and Mandy. They, If they are connecting and safe... They can get wound up, and then particularly when Jason and David get wound up, all the sarcasm is flying all over the place. Oh, I've heard that on tape. Yes, (laughs) it's so so funny. So they prefer people and things over ideas and images. So extroverts, they would rather focus on people, and, and that has career implications to it. If I were sitting behind a desk, flipping one paper after another, and my job was to make sure all this paperwork made sense, I would go nuts. I could not do that. And I could do that. Yeah, and you'd be fine. I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, and leave me alone, and, you know, I'm the only one in the studio. That's, that's why, that, exactly, that's yeah. why I like doing this for a living. I can shut the door, leave me alone, tell me what you want, and I'll make magic. What's been interesting, with my wife being an introvert, and with me being an extrovert, when we have done marriage retreats or marriage presentations, she's very comfortable with doing the details behind the scenes, which if I had to do the details, disaster would not be alive. <laughs> yeah, it would. I would be breaking out in a cold sweat. <laughs> the likelihood is we have the wrong date place or the, the meal never showed up or you know something like that. But I'm okay with being in front of the audience talking about, you know, important points of marriage. And when we've done marriage support groups in our home, I'm the one leading it, and she's making sure that we have snacks for everybody. And she's in the kitchen organizing that. And she's maybe, you know, greeting those who come in. But that's just, that's kind of how that fits. Yeah. See, people think because of this business that I'm this great outgoing extrovert. <laughs> right. That um, can't be farther from the truth. I, The most scared I get is doing the stage events. That you have to do. I have, yeah, and I have to, and I can pull them off. But I, I am so, I can remember doing an event at the Ohio State Fair for a concert. Uh-huh. With 12,000 of my closest friends before wow. a Michael W. Smith concert. I was shaking. I believe that, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, you know, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's true. How about the RPS? That first one, I stayed hidden in the back reading my script over and over and over and over and over and over about 25 or 30 times, and then I had to come out for dinner. I spent dinner reading the script. Wow. Uh-huh. And now, having been with RPS as long as, as I've been able to hang out with them and um, I'm comfortable with them. I'm, I feel like I'm around. I can relax now. Well, and that's good. And, and if you need some emotional support up there, Scott, I'll go up with you. What's interesting there, too, is that you're you able to. We probably ought to identify for the listeners out there who may not know what RPS is. Oh, Richland Pregnancy Services. I've been yeah. almost every year in the 12 years I have been here. I've had the honor of emceeing the banquet. Right. Almost every year. And uh, just to be able to hang out with them and some like-minded people. And, you know, I get to see you too. So I will Mm -hmm. sometimes while I'm 
reading through things, find out where you are, and just kind of <laughs> glance that way. <laughs> Although with the lights, it's hard to see anything, but I just yeah. try to look over over the top of people's heads is what I usually do. Yeah, that's funny. That way I don't that's make good. eye contact. So, right. All right, so we're talking about extroverts and introverts here on the session today. Let's go to introverts here, Tom. What are some of the traits of introverts that we ought to think well, about? Well, and, and Scott, so in contrast, when we talk about introverts, they become exhausted from social interaction. And it's not a, necessarily a physical exhaustion as much as it is a mental exhaustion. Yes. The potential that there are some fears there are probably pretty good, and that's what makes them mentally tired is they're fighting whatever that fear is. It's not that they do not like other people or that they lack social skills, but, Scott, it's more so about rather than being with others, it leaves them drained. So they need quiet time to refuel, which is not bad. And, and believe it or not, there are times when I like that as an extrovert. As an example, if I have to go to a workshop and there are all these strange people in there I've never met before and I actually get to take a break that day, I'm really okay with sitting back in the back of the class and not participating and just absorbing what I can and letting my brain rest. The one that is so funny to me, I still think about it, and this is years ago, this is back when when GPS was first coming out. <laughs> And the workshop was broken down into three parts. Of the three parts, I really was only interested in one. So it was going to be number three, the third one. Well, during the first one, on the way there, my GPS wasn't working right. And so I'm thinking about it. In the workshop, I I bet I know how to fix that. So lo and behold, I fixed it. And the next thing you hear is, prepare to turn right in the middle of this workshop. (laughs) People are turning around looking at me like, I wanted to crawl in a hole, Scott. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it wound you up in a cornfield somewhere. In a... <laughs> well, back then, you know, the new roads really it looked like they were going through a cornfield. Some yeah. of them weren't identified. So anyway, yeah. the requirement for alone time appears especially true after a long week of school, a trip, a crowded store, or full day of parties. So it, it is meeting a need for them it's, if... Depending on the severity, it could be longer than, than you think. So the parent yeah. of a high school student having to do a graduation party, and if they're an introvert, that's a day of torment. Well, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about how their peers are a priority, and they really want to, but it's very difficult for them. <laughs> In general, introverted children have a smaller group of close friends they need to reflect before they are ready to share their thoughts. They will need to be alone and may have trouble sharing what they are feeling is very real. And if they struggle to share what they're feeling, then it's likely because there's a feeling. Now, here's a Tomism. Oh, boy. Haven't had one of those in a while. All right, bring it on. Yes. (laughs) That fear is the great paralyzer. So if they're paralyzed to talk, they're likely wrestling with some fear. When you're really wiped out from fear, it does drain you. Your child's likely an introvert if they prefer ideas and images over people and things. Well, it's kind of a no-brainer if it's a nice sunny day and and they want to go in their room and read a book. Rather than being out with friends, they want to read a book. That's, That's a warning signal. If they feel comfortable being alone and like to work by themselves. I hated group projects. The learning groups and... Oh, I hated them. I get that whole thing of prefer being alone. 
I read Treasure Island in an entire weekend in the basement. You did? I took the book downstairs, laid down on the couch in the basement, opened it up, and just started reading. And you were okay with that? I read Treasure Island in one whole weekend. I'm sure I would have been well-rested by then. (laughs) I probably would have slept through the weekend. I came up energized. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I still remember that, and I was, what, 10, 11, probably, 7th, 8th grade, 12. Wow. Yeah. That, that, yeah, I was that kid. They have a few close friends that they tend to know well compared to a whole big group of people that maybe they are acquaintances with. And how would you define where do they cross into being a friend rather than an acquaintance? Mm -hmm. How does that work, do you think? Well, I think it depends on, you know, if you've done things together, the likelihood is you're leaning more toward being a friend. And and I'll give you an example. At the Y, I've been at at the Mansfield Y since it moved to its new location, I want to say 2001. I know a lot of people and will greet them or talk to them at the Y, but I would define it as a friend if we've done something outside of the Y together. If if you would be prone to reach out to that person to do something right that would be a friend as opposed to oh you're here okay come on yeah okay yeah that's a huge difference there they tend to reflect and ponder scott uh before doing a new project well this has got to be right and here's my clinical mind kicking in gear i have to wonder if there's a correlation between introverts and low self-concept yeah. Because I, I think I am an introvert and I have a low self concept. And we don't call this a session for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. And and will the introverts tend to, because of that, tend to be more detail oriented? Well, I think that they are because details are really important to them. And particularly when they might take it out on themselves, they might get upset with themselves. If something detail doesn't come out right, then we're going to make darn sure these are exactly right. This is when I go back and think, well, maybe I'm more of a middlevert. <laughs> because my wife is the one, when we were youth directors, she could plan the living daylights out of something. Mm-hmm. I could help her, but she, did, she was the one that put all that together, right. and I was the one that pulled it off. So I could extrovert that. Right. To the point where, you know, I was around the kids. They were comfortable with me. I was comfortable with them. Come on, let's do this together. Right. Whereas my wife was like, okay, that's all planned. You go do that. I'll just stay here. Yeah, and scene. I'll even clean up. I'll even clean up your mess when you're done. But <laughs> yeah, you go do that. Well, here's an interesting question, Scott. What if they weren't a youth group, but they were a Sunday school, adult Sunday school? <sighs> Terrified. <laughs> I've had to do it. I, I, have, I was asked to lead a small group. Folks, I think he almost fainted here. <laughs> uh, and every time I would walk in to sit down with that, and then after the small group thing, because it was a video session. So that was, right. you watch the video, talk about it for 10 minutes. Great. Have a nice day. <laughs> then they asked me to teach a Sunday school class. Uh-huh. That's a whole nother bird where I've got to sit down and lead a group of adults, peers, people that I looked at as, oh boy, yeah, people that I looked at as in some ways better than me. And I'm trying to teach them. And that was very stressful for me. It led to some really powerful Sunday afternoon naps. Oh, I bet. You were that wiped out. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting how 
that self-perception then played into it. There are so many things, you know, that... And, and Tom, what do we say to somebody today? Because this is, as I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, we're going to need to go two weeks on, on this. Okay. And I'm fine with that if you're fine with that. I am, yeah. Okay. Sure. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Okay. Mm, we're on. Um, let's talk for just a second, though. I want to take this into the church. Okay, let's Since do we that. just mentioned me teaching a Sunday school class, what happens with pastors that might be introverts or extroverts? How does that, as a congregation, how might we see that in how might that play out in them? Well, and that's a great question. And on some levels, one of my reactions is it would be pretty difficult, I would think, to be a pastor and be an introvert. Maybe it can happen. I don't want to say it can't happen, but we know that Jesus is the reason we're there. But the pastor oftentimes is like the face of the church. He's leading us toward Jesus, but he's running the ship. He's, along with Jesus, he's the main man. Right. So if he's an introvert, how does that work? Probably very well-prepared sermons, very studious. And then what happens when we have to do visitation or... That's when you call the chairman of deacons. (laughs) There's nothing more terrifying for an introvert than, than visitation. Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah. As a deacon and I had to do that, oh, my gosh. The only thing was scarier than that is cold calling when I did sales. Yeah. In radio sales, and I had to do cold calls to find new business. That was terrifying. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm wondering, how does that work if, you know, there's a pastor that just feels God's call to study the Word and to present the Word, but, boy, he's an introvert, and it's just, oh, man, is that the the person that might become a professor maybe well there again if you but you pre- still got to present in front of a class that's right yeah. but it's a topic you're an expert in or you feel expert in yeah so how about the if he's given the sermon then maybe he wants to have a family pastor that does more of the meeting the needs of the families they would also be more of the administrative pastor they may be more taking care of the details of in the business side of the church, the introvert, but they better have somebody along with them, I think, to do that. Now, there might be pastors out there that are very much introverts and, and do well, and, and that may be possible, but it's the connection with the pastor and his parishioner, that relationship is so critically important. I remember uh, about the first 20 years of being at Grace Fellowship, we had our pastor who also was an art teacher at Mansfield Christian as well. His name was Tim Barber. He absolutely was probably introverted now that I think about it, but he was one of the warmest, caring people when it came to the body of Christ. You could count on him. When you talked to him, he made you feel like you were the most important person in his life at that moment. And it was just so genuine. So, so. The, the the pastor that's an extrovert, this is the one where service could be really exciting, semi out of control, mm-hmm. probably more laughter, and one where then he's going to need the administrative pastor 
right. to help take care of the finances <laughs> because he's off here doing an outreach event. That's right. And he may not have a clue about the finances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, and that's very real. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we will continue this conversation next week about introverts and extroverts. And parents, that'll be our time where we're going to talk with you about things you can do and learning styles because they are very different for introverts and extroverts and how you right. can help your kids have celebrations of success. Yes, we got it in. We find ways Way to, to go, make Scott. that fit. Yeah. In the meantime, Tom, if we've maybe touched a nerve today and, and someone maybe in the church, you know, I know you like to be the pastor to pastors. Right. And there's an introverted pastor who's like, you know what, I know, and it's really starting to hinder my ministry. Yeah. You know, maybe sitting down with a counselor like you could be beneficial. How can they get hold of you to chat. Well, and you're right. I do have a real heart for the pastor, and I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.